If you're looking for a fun, informative, and inspirational podcast, please check your listings for another podcast. Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 3. Two of the world's greatest podcasters could not make it this evening. Instead, here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. You know, I guess we're not very inspirational now that I think about it. I'm inspired. Uh, well, it just dawned on me. I, I inspire rather easily. Well, that's a good it's thing. Surprised, it's surprising I'm not a Trump supporter. Uh, maybe With not. as quickly as I can get riled up by words. That's all it takes. You know, because words, that's really all that matters. That is all that matters. It's hey, words. welcome to the lighter side of dark, everybody. I was just commenting on our intro. I realized that, you know what? We're not inspiring. I guess that's not our job. But it's good to see you again. We're, we nice we are back. we are entertaining, if to no one else. To ourselves. Our, to ourselves. And each other. And our multiple, multiple listeners. And the two that we have in Ireland, I think, by accident. I think we're up to a full 1%. Oh, boy. Yeah. 1% of our listener base? Yeah. I think that would be three people, because according to the stats on our dashboard. Yeah. You see, when I grew up, a dashboard was something you hit when your dad slammed on the brakes too quick, Yeah. long before seatbelts. But now dashboard has to do with uh, computer-based programs and uh, and software and, and stuff like that. So our dashboard, we have now eclipsed... Hold on a second, got to find the drum roll. I know it's in here somewhere. Oh, there's a drum roll. There's always, there's uh, always a good drum roll where there's a... Uh, here, I think this is drum roll. Close enough. We have eclipsed 600 listeners. Wow. We have eclipsed 600 listeners. When we, we're going to get a comma in there someday soon. Yeah, eventually. I just think our people are, are, are more verbal and not tech savvy. Because our demographics say our target audience is 35 to 54. 35 to 54. We target, we target ourselves. Yeah, 35 to 54. Huh. How about that? Welcome, all 35 to 54-year-olds. And if you're outside of that range, I apologize that you accidentally stumbled upon this. I guarantee you there's very few people below that range. <laughs> I, would, I would guarantee that as well. I, I can patch our thumbs out to their friends. Who are these How old guys? How old are they? And why do they think they're funny? Okay, boomer. Jesus Christ. <sighs> so, well, um, how much closer are you to getting your uh, COVID vaccine? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, how close I am, I guess. I don't know if we need to sign up or, or uh, move to a different... Maybe we need to move to the right neighborhood. Maybe yeah. move to a 55 and over park. That might be the way. Um, so I, I am, I'm not quite sure when, when it's coming, although I am starting to see some family and friends... I got inseminated, matured. vaccinated, um, <laughs> yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, Good, both, both yeah. shots. My Feeling, parents you know. got theirs. My, my, uh, my wife's cousin is a teacher. She got hers, so I was glad to see that. It's slowly but surely. One of my friends said, hey, did, you, uh, did you have any side effects? I said, yeah, the side effect of not getting COVID. That's, Pretty, that's why I did it. Yeah, that's, that's worth it. That's no. that, that minor side effect that could possibly. Okay, the third foot that grew out of my stomach. That's great for <sighs> kicking people. Yeah, and you can always get it removed. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a thing. You just, just laser, like laser hair removal, but for, <laughs> for an extra foot. <laughs> okay, speaking of, I, I got I to gotta talk about this. We, we, we have a friend, my wife and I have a friend. And she, uh, she confided in us that she's going to have that uh, procedure done 
where her eyebrows are going to be shaved off and they're going to tattoo the eyebrows oh, on. No. I really am curious. I've heard about, about this. Your opinion on something like that. I think, you know, for something cosmetic like that, I would be nervous because that's it. You know, that's your crack at it. If you're going to look ridiculous, you know, you, you risk looking ridiculous See, if you're not I'm, happy. I'm, what if the, I'm figuring what if the tattoo person's having a bad day and goes full on, um, what was the chick from uh, Mommy Dearest? Joan Crawford. What if, what if the tattoo artist goes full-blown Joan Crawford on you? That's what I would be afraid of. Kind of a Glorious Swanson. Uh-huh. That's wait, all wait, it takes. Wait, wait, waiting for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. One crazy look, one bad day, one, one quick uh, razor hand, and goodbye. You now, if, if The Rock had it done, one eyebrow would be really high and one would be normal. Yeah, he would just get it, the permanent the people's eyebrow people's permanently eyebrow ta- tattooed. <laughs> so he didn't have to do that. People don't have to ask him to do it anymore. He's just there. He just so now, I, I, I know your, your lovely wife is, is young and beautiful and wouldn't change a thing. But when she gets older, if she decides to do something like that, what are you going to say to her? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather her not, but she, she already wants to do things. You know, women are never happy, I guess, with their body. They could be as beautiful as, as any model in the world, and they're going to want to still change things. So that, that's a good question. I probably would be a matter of what, what can I convince her to leave alone? That would be nice. I, I'm hoping most of her. You know, to me, <laughs> I, really, I really don't want anything to change, honestly. I'm, yeah. I, I married, well, I'm happy with what I married. You married up, my friend. You, but, you married up. Yeah. Well, hey. She yeah. ever gets her eyes fixed. That's the one thing I told her never to get fixed is her eyes. Exactly. Uh, ma'am, you're the plaintiff in this divorce uh, settlement. What do you call the grounds for the divorce? I got my eyes fixed, Your Honor. Yep, sorry. All right, sounds good. The motion carried. I can see clearly now. Move, move, on, move on to the next. Uh, I, I just messed with you, Solio. You're, 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 you're a great guy, and if I was, if I was of the homosexual variety, I, I'd do you. That's, that's about as good a compliment as you can get as a guy. So thank you. I, I, I take that to heart. So you didn't really, if I remember correctly, when you met your lovely wife, she saw you at a comedy show, and um, and the rest is history, kind of thing. So you really didn't, you really didn't have to like exhaust any pickup lines because you did them up on stage. Yeah, because I, well, I can't do that anyway. Like to me, uh, that would be, I, I would be really cheesy with pickup lines. So I'm lucky that she kind of got to see me in that environment first. Whereas, like, L- literally I, I, in your natural state, right? Natural state of performing like an idiot, yeah, and 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 acting like a fool, and that's wonderful because she can accept that. Um, so I knew it was, you know, that's how you know it's real. It's like if she, if if you're being yourself, and you know that most people would find that intolerable, and she's like, oh, I love that, then you, that's the one. That's that's the keeper right there. They can put up with us. I'm not. I'm not going to mention the name of the professional athlete, but I read a story on the internet the other day, so you know. It has to be real. Definitely. And, uh, and it was talking about how this uh, millionaire athlete, how he met his, uh, his wife. And it was on a, a website uh, news site. How could this be news? Okay, Dave. Well, it was on a news site, Dave, if you must know. I mean, you know, when an athlete gets married. It's... So this guy just signed, let's just say within the last year. Okay. This guy signed a contract in the hundreds of millions of dollars, All right. hundreds of millions, and I believe, let's say, 150 millions guaranteed. Meaning okay. that money's coming to him no matter no what. matter what. No ipso facto, okay. no runs, no drips, no errors. And he met his wife overseas. She didn't know who he was. Ah, that's perfect. Maybe that's why he's like, I gotta lock this one down because she likes me. So he was on. He was on a vacation. This guy's in his late his late 20s now. Okay. And he was on vacation, 
and went into a uh, a restaurant dressed in just casual clothes, okay. you know, and this young lady was a server. And come to find out, she was also the bartender. Come to find out, she was also like the cook in this restaurant. Wow. She was like doing everything. And hardworking lady, you know. And he's like, uh, okay, well, you know, blah blah blah. She runs over to the bar, gets your drinks, comes back, and takes the order, and goes back in the back, and and you know, and brings out the is doing like everything. Now I've been in foreign countries sure. where, you know, three people ran an entire restaurant, and they were they were serving sixty people, but they're not like Americans. They just get the job done. Yeah. So he he talks with her and and finds out that uh, she's she was an orphan. Okay. She grew up in an orphanage in her in the country, learned English, French, and Spanish. Wow. Because the particular country that she was living in had French speaking people and Spanish and it was an American uh, commonwealth, I okay. guess, or colony or whatever they call it. Like like like, like the British Virgin Islands, but it's not gotcha. that. So he said, Listen, what you know, what time do you do you get off work? She goes, I, I don't have a day off until like next Tuesday. And he hit it off with her, and he said, you know what, I'm going to extend my trip, and I'm going to stay, and I'm going to take you out to dinner. Where is a really nice place that you would like to go for dinner? And she says, well, there's really nothing here in, in this country that, that I really, but I always wanted to go to so-and-so. And he said, okay, listen, I've got some extra money on this trip. I'm going to rent us a plane, and we're going to go to this place. This blew this woman away. Sure. So... Next thing you know, it they're they're on this little puddle jumper plane. It wasn't like a Learjet or anything like sure, that. Sure. They land in this place. They go in. She's wined and dined, and 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 he goes, he goes. This woman just genuinely appreciated me. Was talking with me. I genuinely appreciated her. We bonded. We fell in love. I started going back in the off season as much as I could, and they cultivated and and they fell in love. Now all she knew about him was his first two initials and his last name. His last name is fairly common. Okay. First two initials and last name. And obviously they had phone numbers and they were communicating okay. and so on. But she never knew who she never knew who he was. And then he flew down and proposed to her. They got married and came back to the States and she finds out he's a multimillionaire. And I think that's a cool story. Oh that's great. You you always hear what was it was in the movie The Wedding Singer. That piece of crap uh Greg Gulia, that was uh, Drew Barrymore's supposed fiance in the movie. Oh, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. Glenn Gulia. Your yeah, name was going to be Julia Gulia. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, they end up. He 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 says he's talking to uh, the Adam Sandler character, uh, who's the same one in every movie. And he says uh, he goes, well, you know, he goes, I know Jul- Julia's going to be great for me because you know she you know she liked me before I had my money, so I know I can trust her. Similar kind of thing, right? And there's there's so many horrible stories out there of gold diggers. And, oh yeah, I mean and it, it can happen with men or women both. You know, I would imagine. You know, if if he was able to fly her out, it, it, even you know that's a little display of wealth. But I think the 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 fact he he picked up on the fact that she was not after that. I think he must have sensed it. Well, in the and, article, and, he and, he mentions that the plane he hired was kind of like the plane and and. Uh, Seven days and seven nights with Harrison Ford. I bet that was by design. He didn't want. Oh, he's going to think. Oh, just a rich American. I'm a free ticket. He he probably wanted to. He played to keep everything it. down. Yeah, yeah. He took, he took off his expensive watch and bought like a G, Smart. G-Force watch at a, at a shop. 
He just he yep. said he goes. I I was trying to just be who I was before I had my money, and if I did go on vacation, this would be how I would do it. I'd say, yeah, I got a couple hundred right. bucks. Let's fly to that little offshore island or whatever. And and look what it led to for him. You know, yeah. he he was true to who he was. He put aside the flash of his of his of his new wealth. You know, which you know you you get it in your twenties, but growing up, he's still young enough to where he remembers not having that. Hopefully, I mean, fame wanes. And, I mean, uh, you look at how famous Madonna was. Right now, she's not all that famous. Eventually, you become a punchline. Yeah, because fame, it eventually wanes or the person dies. Elvis, if he was still alive today, would still be crazy famous. Michael Jackson, if he's still alive today, crazy famous. Yeah, the the name just draws people. Princess Di, if she was alive today, insanely famous. Especially with all the uh, stuff going on with the uh, royal family right now. Yeah. Speaking of uh, cancel culture. I want to get your opinion on this sure. too? Yeah. Uh, Piers Morgan quit his show over okay. in the BBC due to the backlash that he received, not only from BBC upper echelon and mm-hmm. management, but the forty-one thousand people. First of all, you're in a country with uh, approaching eighty. How many million? million? Eighty million <laughs> 80 people, million, yeah, okay. and you're worried about forty-one thousand. Uh, forty-one thousand people, you know, complaining to okay. him and so on. What did he say now? Well, <laughs> I guess is what I should ask. The, if you haven't heard, someone in the royal family, again, someone. It's kind of like over here in the country. Well, you know what they're saying. The people, the, the, the people are saying. People tell me. People are saying. Over there, supposedly there was someone in the royal family who had gone to Meghan Markle and said, aren't you even the least bit concerned about the skin complexion <laughs> of your children uh, being in the royal bloodline or something? Yes. I'm paraphrasing. I watched the interview. Yeah. Well, some of it. And, you know... So he makes a comment on his show, and he says, I, I don't believe a word she says. I, I don't believe a word that she's saying. He's entitled to that belief. He's, he's a journalist. He's entitled to say, I don't believe this person. Now, my wife says, well, that's the same thing as calling her a liar. Um, I don't, I, and, and I Maybe know in a more passive way. Uh, you know, it's not directly, but it's, it's someone... I don't know how. If, if you said you got here at 3 o'clock today, I would have said, Paul, I don't believe you. I was looking at the clock. You didn't get here at 3 o'clock. You got here at like 3.04. Don't, don't get me wrong. For you, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> okay? But I, I just don't, and that's why I hate it sometimes when people say, you know, on the, on the liberal meter, you know, Rob, you're as far left as you can possibly get. I know I'm not. No, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't believe that Piers Morgan should have quit his job due to pressure because he had an opinion. Yeah, I, 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 I mean... I don't like the guy, and I'm not really sure. I guess I, I'm not really sure the context of it all, but uh, it it would seem like it's not that much pressure if if it's only about forty one thousand people or so. That that seems a little thin skinned of him. If, if if unless I'm missing something. I, I don't necessarily think he just quit for the sake of quitting. Yeah. I think he quit because management made him quit. Like pressure. Okay. Now now all you've done is now you've created. Of Rush Limbaugh over in the UK because it's not like he's not going to be on just TV or radio, podcasting. Yeah, he'll do whatever. It's not like he's not going to be out there giving people his opinion. It's weird. I don't really know anybody who said, "Man, you know who I like? Piers Morgan." I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> Yet he's all over the place. It's weird. Like, and he has been for years here, yeah. the UK. He, he was on America's Got Talent, wasn't he? Many years ago. Is that what was he was, one of the judges? I think he was one of the judges. So he went from that. Look that up on the great, great, glorious Google seeks. I think he was actually one of the original judges on uh, Murka's Got Talent because I know he was a judge on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, Britain's Got Talent definitely. Uh, let's see, he won the seventh season of the U.S. Celebrity Apprentice in two thousand eight. 
so that's yeah America's Got Talent 2006 to 2011 yeah he was on there for quite a while so yeah so he's uh, again another one who's using their celebrity to be a a loud mouth it's weird though because but he could give his opinion when he's judging on America's Got Talent but he just can't give his opinion on that and and I just and uh, don't get me wrong I think if you give your opinion about something stand by it right you have to be willing to and and I can Talk about I, it. I can tell you this if if any of my children uh, should ever get married and marry someone and again this is said out of their race or skin tone I'm not going to say you know interracial I think that's it's just the bottom line if they marry someone who is not of their skin complexion nationality whatever yeah whatever there it doesn't matter to me in the slightest if the person is happy and they're good to, good to my kid right that's all that matters to of me but I have raised my kids. To be strong enough that if I said to them something like that, they would look at me and go, none of your damn business. Right. And I think that's something that Megan and Harry should have said to whoever this person was. Yeah. It seems like with that Oprah interview, that's kind of their way of trying to even further, you know, finally get their side out there and be like, you know, flip off the royal family after they kind of felt like they were thrown under the bus. And it's interesting to get their side. You know, there's always well, they told their sides. side in America after they packed up and and you know and moved to Beverly yeah. um, Hills. That is, I think they're living in Canada now, if I'm not mistaken. I heard yeah, there's I, I think Trudeau's got them in some spot in, in the Canadian because okay. you know Canada used to basically be under British rule completely. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I I I just I don't believe that journalists should have to leave their job based on their opinion. If so, wow, we're going to have to find a replacement for Fox News really quick. Right. No, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, I hate Fox News for a lot of reasons. First, you know... I don't see Laura foremost. Ingram packing up and leaving with, with all the trash that comes out of that, her mouth. That's why I'm a little right. confused, and um, because they, they... You know, controversy usually draws views anyway. I don't know what he said, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time he he's pissed someone off. You know, that's kind of, kind of what he's known for. Now, you and I uh, started our podcast during the uh, the administration of uh, of forty five, and uh, we had a lot of fun at his expense. And but let me ask you this: It's been forty eight days since Joe Biden has done any kind of press conference. Mm-hmm. Does that seem like a long time to you, or? Or does it just seem like a long time now because we were inundated with one every 15 minutes or at least daily? I, th- I think it's a little of both. We were inundated not just daily, but, man, with, with, his, with his social media, just his presence and his need for attention and then getting that platform. We're so used to just, like, every minute of the day, I felt like I had to check my news feed to make sure that the, the world wasn't ending. And now, when Biden gets in, he his personality couldn't be more opposite of Trump's, which is, I think, in this case, a, a very good thing. But I think he inherited such a mess and had to sort of take time to assess, like, all right, what do we got here? What the fuck did he do? Well, you you saw the movie Bruce Almighty. I did. Morgan Freeman plays God, and if I ever, if there is a God, I'll bet his voice is that like Morgan Freeman. Good, good casting. Yeah, Morgan that, Freeman. That was it. Hello, Bruce. <laughs> But there was a great line in that movie where God's just mopping and Bruce grabs a mop and they start, and, and then at the very end, God says to Bruce, no matter how bad things get, you can always clean it up. And I, I think about that's kind of what Biden's doing. Yeah. Such a mess. He goes, okay, I'm just going to have to put my head down and clean this crap up. Another thing hasn't happened in 48 days. He hasn't put out any nasty tweets. Yeah. 
hasn't fired anybody unceremoniously. Right. Not, not that it wasn't a holdover, you know, from a... Hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. Do you know what else? He also hasn't played a round of golf. Yeah, and I don't think he will. I don't know if he's a golfer, but I, I, I don't think he's interested right now. I think he's interested. I, in I don't even else. know what his personal hobbies might be, but I'd be willing to bet they're on the back burner. Yeah, he's right a train. I think he's a trains guy. I bet. I bet he's got like model trains and shit, yeah. something like that. But that would be fine. You I, know? Would, I always <laughs> love the Adams Family train set where they crash them together. Yeah, blow them up. That's what every kid wanted to be able to do to oh, his dad's or his grandpa's train. The greatest. Set. It's like the, the NASCAR. Well, version. the uh, COVID relief bill signed, sealed, and delivered. Done. So uh, money money is going to be uh, coming our way. Um, right-wing nutjob conservatives who believe it is socialism, do you agree with me they should just burn their checks? Well, yeah, because that's, that's you know, why would they, why would they, I, they're not going to be hypocrites and take that money, right? No, no. Are you saying that right-wing nutjob <laughs> uh, Republicans or, or Republicans, whatever, oh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Chris Cuomo calls them, um, yeah, you know they they have these parties where now they're mask burning parties. That's ridiculous. Like why law burning, but masks. why don't these people get together and have a check burning yeah. party? Down with the socialists! Right. Burn the I'll burn all the checks. I'll show you we're capitalists. We don't need your money. Go on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Show the front and the back of the check. Mm-hmm. So I know it's not a copy made from your computer. Show me the paper's mm-hmm. thickness. You can black out your name and address if you want to but then light that bad boy on fire and burn it oh prove to me and also not one single republican voted for it not one we have gone we've gone from bipartisan to strictly partisan and the sad part about it is and i i have voted democrat more than republican in my adult life but i can tell you this is not what i want i don't want it to be 51 50 I don't want it to be the Rush, the greatest Rush album of all, or Van Halen, Van Halen's <laughs> 5150. Yeah. I don't want it to be the Van Halen album. Yeah, I know. For the rest of time. I don't want it to be like we're gridlocked and fighting with ourselves and, you know, not making any progress again. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know what a you know what a, a congressperson makes per month? Per month? Oh, let's see. Well, I know they, they have to make six figures in a year, so. Fourteen grand a month. Okay, there you go. So Fourteen then. grand a month. But they fought against people making $15 an hour. I know. And that's and that's the thing. Even even some Democrats voted yeah. that down. Even which Democrats is, backed down on that. Which is insane to me, but it just shows you that there are some Democrats that are still in pockets of big dollars. The giant pussification of the Democratic Party. Well, I think they're being bought. I think some of them have corporate donors that they're for. Oh, I don't want to piss them off by saying I'm cool with jacking up their minimum wage. I think those Democrats are the ones that are like afraid about it but that doesn't help us at all that just divides you know that's that's what we get criticized for and and i just think right now as much as i would hate to see the democrats use the vice presidential vote as as the thing to get stuff done the republicans did did it are still doing it so okay guess what yeah you you can't play nice you got the filibuster knock yourself out but you know something we're just going to cram this stuff right down your throat and that's why um america never seems to get anything done the pendulum swings way over here for a while. Right. And then you've got to self-correct. It's got to swing all the way over here a while to get it in the middle. I recently heard Chuck Schumer say, you know, we made a mistake in 2009 and 2010 thinking that we could work with the, the, the uh, Republicans of the GOP. And so I'm hoping that that signals the fact that they are aware that they absolutely cannot work with them and yeah. are maybe planning around that at, at, at just by default, knowing. I mean... 
if we know this, they have to know this. I just, I'd like to see them admit it a little bit so that, you know, talk to us like humans. Like, like come on, be transparent. Show us that you are who, who we think you guys are. You know the, uh, the Dr. Seuss books that, that they've been talking about that the, 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 um, the publishing company chose to stop producing right. I was six of the books. Six of the books. And it wasn't, I don't think it was uh, about the content, was it? I thought it was just not renewing the... Well, there were, there were certain elements of content that nowadays in 2021, they felt wasn't culturally sensitive. Okay. There was, there was a picture in there of uh, a, a Chinese Dr. Seuss character with bright yellow painted skin yeah. and, and, and serving Chinese food to people. And I, I got that. And so they decided to do this. So it really wasn't as much a, a culture thing where uh, 41,000 people, you know, <laughs> tweeted, get these books off the shelves. Yeah, right. I watched that on uh, <laughs> last week with last week tonight with uh, John Oliver. Okay. Uh, again, great show. Very similar to uh, to Bill Maher. Very educational show. And and John Oliver spent a whole segment tearing in to Governor Cuomo. Yeah. Well, Cuomo's and, not looking good right now. Right. But the th- here, here's here's the thing. What that tells me is, is that the Democratic Party is going, this is wrong. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. We're not choosing not to talk about it because right. he happens to be Democrat. Right. Republicans will never do that. Right. At least they haven't shown lately that they're willing to do that. Right. They supposedly, oh, we're coming to right down on uh, on something, something green, the congressperson from Georgia. They did for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Then after that, if, if, if she had a dick, they'd be sucking it at this point. They, they know they're just all... By them staying in lockstep, that's what that's what allows them to retain this this power from a minority point of view. If they they know if they fracture, I, that's why they're so scared of Trump. It's like if they oh, fracture. By the way, I want to apologize for saying sucking dick. I should have said performing fellatio. That, that's right. I'll see if I can edit that out and post. <laughs> the classy way to say like, that you like, are. like that matters to me. I know. But right now they're they're going after Mr. Potato mm-hmm. Head and they're and they're getting us all worked up about Dr. Seuss. At the same exact time, two hundred and forty new laws are being introduced and in 43 of mm-hmm. 50 states yep. voter suppression. Yeah, it's, 43 it's, of 50 states, we're talking blue states here, are even allowing these bills to be introduced. And the the parallels to mm-hmm. Jim Crow oh, yeah. are eerily scary. It's terrifying. It's like Jim Crow 2, the sequel, Racist Strike Back. Yeah. Republicans have shown, you know, like, again, how we, we've talked about, they, they don't even hide it anymore. Literally, all they're doing is trying to stay in power so they can give themselves perks and and live like royalty. That's their show. You know, they're trying to overturn the election, trying to change the voting rule. Nothing they're doing has anything to do with governing, at all. They just want they just want the money. It's it's like the this organized crime syndicate that's operating out in plain view, as if we can't see what the hell they're trying to do. It's, well, it's, I, I checked on uh, Politifact about how many jobs were lost by the closing of the Keystone Pipeline. And the number on there was 11,000. 11,000 jobs. Now, you look at some of the conservative sites, it's 80,000 jobs were lost as a result. Of course. No. Those 80,000 people weren't working. They were not working. It's, It's not a real job unless you're there and you're getting paid. So maybe the jobs didn't happen. But can you explain to me how a pipeline would need to employ 80,000 people? Yeah, it wouldn't. For something that supposedly takes care of itself. Oh, right. 
Yep. We don't have to transport it by trucks. We don't have to transport it by boat. We don't have to transport. Look at right. this. Uh, the, the oil weighs a lot. Of, weighs a lot. So Everything just, and nothing. Look, look, look. We just send it down the old pipeline, and it's just free and easy and cheap. I will tell you right now that. And the reason I brought this up is you talked about making money, making money, making money. Because people are like, oh, the first thing Biden did is he went in there and he canceled the pipeline and cost, you know, now 190,000, 193,000 jobs, whatever. They just, the number keeps getting bigger. They just didn't invent It's like Trump's border wall started out as only going to be 13 billion. Come to find out it's 48 billion and it didn't even get done. But I will have the wall built within the first first, uh, day, first term for sure. Absolutely. I'm going to build the wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. So my point is, is that when Republicans were in control, when they were just getting started with it, Republican senators and Republican congresspeople were getting paid so much scary money to get the permits yep. so that that could be built. I know. They've been bought They off. made so much money. And now, so when they say, well, you know, Biden did this, Biden did it, well, it's, it's because uh, he wants to make sure that these other people get paid instead of the pipeline. Republicans did it. Six years ago, they just yeah. did, and and we're we're just to a point now where, like you said, I I'll tell you what, I'll give the Republicans one thing: they don't hide anything, and they 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 know that if they stay unified, even though they're all horrible people, they get their agenda passed by doing that. And you know, again, we're going to have to take advantage of this while we have the majority, uh, or not majority, but the tiebreaker. People say. can say what they want about the Nazi Party; they were organized. They were horrible, horrible people, but they were organized. Look at those goose steps. Yeah. They were were literally horrible human beings, but they all did it together, which gave it some kind of credibility. That's how it allowed. Unbelievable. Nationalism. That allowed it to rise. Absolutely. Yeah, the nationalism was really the key component behind that, waving these flags like these wannabe patriots do as they storm storm the government capital, thinking they're, they're heroes. It's just incredible. And I, 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 I have I have a friend, and um, he's someone who I asked him to listen to this week's podcast. He assured me that he will. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, I asked him, what flag, because I said, I know you're a Trump supporter. What flag represents your party? And he said, well, the American flag. I said, then why aren't you appalled at the Confederate flag being flown side by side? How can, how rationalize that for me? Right. You know. As Ricky Ricardo would say, you know, explain it to me. They don't. They don't know history. Well, that's not. That's it, it's. The, that's just a kind of like a fringe group of people. I said, yeah, about ten thousand of them, waving Trump flags and Confederate flags and American flags. I, I I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. And he couldn't explain it to me with any kind of rational thought. Just that he wouldn't, supposedly. Of course. When it when it uh, yeah. When it suits. All right, well, we got to jump in, uh, take a quick break here, and do some uh, advertisements and make some money. We'll be right back with segment number two. Our featured musical artist this week is one of my personal favorites. Thank you for allowing me to get this in, Paul. Mr. James Taylor. James Taylor. And uh, in segment three, we'll be talking about famous famous horse. I almost said famous (laughs) whores. That's segment four. (laughs) Well, we'll bring my first ex-wife into this to help us with that one, but... uh, No, anyway, no, my, no. I, I shouldn't say anything bad about my first ex-wife. She just, you know, she left me to, to join the army. She just needed a few good men. Oh. Um, she did more men by 9 a.m. than most women do all day. Anyway, she wasn't just a job, Paul. She was an adventure. We'll be, we'll be right back.
You know, we lost a lot of people during the pandemic, which makes me think of those people close to me. What if there was a way to remember them after they're gone? Well, now there is. My Forever Story. With My Forever Story, they come to your loved one, ask them the questions they choose, and in less than an hour, they have their entire life story recorded in their own words, and most importantly, their own voice. It's uploaded to the secure website and made available for all to hear, even future generations. No more trying to remember Grandpa's favorite stories. Now you can hear him talk about them himself. Your kids and your grandkids will be able to listen to your story from their phone or computer anytime. If you think your kids will read your life story, good luck. But they will listen if it's on their phone. Takes less than an hour, and in most cases, it's under $100. Call the toll-free number 866-913-3. 3263 or go to the website my the number 4 everstory.com my forever story their voice their words their story all staff members wear masks and abide by CDC covid restriction guidelines your safety is our first priority Do you have old furniture that you just don't like anymore? Instead of throwing it away, donating it, or selling it at a yard sale, then spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on new furniture, consider having your old furniture redone. My wife and I did, and we don't regret it. The bedroom set was great. It was well-built. Just the old oak finish was not only worn out, but outdated. The good people at Obsessed Distress Furniture took them and made it look like we had a whole new set. And it was a lot less than paying for a new one. They can do just about any color combination and adding that distressed look is really in style nowadays. From bedroom sets, dining room sets, to even a simple coffee table and end tables. Whatever your needs, they even sell furniture they've already completed. So visit their website at obsesseddistressed.com or call 352-600-8221 or look them up on Facebook. Obsessed Distressed Furniture, making your old furniture new again. We abide by all CDC and COVID restriction requirements. Lighter Side of Dark featured musical artist. Hey, segment number two, episode number five? I think it's five. Are, are we at five? We yeah, might, I think we, we are. Already. Season three, episode five. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, and uh, we're having a lot of fun here at the Lighter Side of Dark podcast. I'm your host, Smith, and that's Solio over there at uh, on my left on your radio. I think that would be your right. Not quite sure. Yes. Who, who else? Uh, Gene Deckerhoff does that a lot. He does do he, that. He does play-by-play for the Bucks. He'll, like, orient you. He goes, okay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers take over at the 21-yard line, moving from right to left on your dial. <laughs> I'm like, I love you, Gene. I know. No, he so really just tries to paint that picture for you. I like it. Even though it doesn't mean much. It, it does to me. Fire the cannons! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, our featured musical artist for this particular week is the great and wonderful, talented Mr. James Taylor. James Taylor. Born March 12th. Today ah, is happy his birthday. birthday. That's if we would have done the podcast on the regular day, we would have been a day early. But he was born uh, March 12th, 1948. How old would that make him now, Paul? Uh, I think he's 70... Uh, he's 72. Old. Yeah, he's old. I think he's, he's older. 72 today. today. 72 uh, or wait, today. Is that... Yes. I think 70, so. 73. 52. He was born in 48. Yeah, 50. He'd be 52 in 2000. So... Plus 21 makes him 73. 73. 73. Wow. James Taylor is 73. That sounds weird. 
he uh, grew up in, uh, born in Boston, Massachusetts, but uh, essentially raised um, in North Carolina. And I've got a story to tell you about uh, North Carolina, his song Carolina on my mind, and we'll do that a little bit later. Sure. But um, does it say on your uh, little thing there how many albums or how many records he has sold worldwide? Let's see if it's got the totals here. He received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015. Um, I know that because he would not have won it any time after that because Trump was too busy giving him to people like Rush Limbaugh and, and, and stuff like that. He won a lot of Grammys after his popularity would have normally waned. He, w- he won a Grammy in 71, won a Grammy in 77, and won a Grammy in 1997. That's interesting. That's And not in 1997 by then, I think... I don't even know what what was on that album by that point. And, um, and he had he had done a lot of uh, folksy folksy kind yeah, of music okay. because it, he got his start essentially at the same time with uh, like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, famous uh, famous musical artist he was married to, Carly Simon. That's right, Carly Simon. Carly he Simon. he and Carly Simon did the uh, song Mockingbird. Another good. That's right. They do that duet. Another uh, made made famous in the uh, Dumb and Dumber movies. And they also in uh, mock, ing, <laughs> bird, yeah. You know. At uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, I think they sing that in the uh, Clark and and Beverly D'Angelo. I think are, are singing that version of it. Oh, awesome. But uh, Carly Simon back in the day, oh, man, what a what a babe. I, I, but she did have uh, Mick, Mick Jagger disease. Mouth was massively huge. Lips were huge. I wonder what does that. Maybe that helps helps with the singing. Maybe you know? instead of tattooing eyebrows, people like tattoo lips a little bit smaller. That so. might be what it is. I mean, or bigger. It kind of with with the Rolling Stones, they really embraced it. You know, they just made these. All right, Mick's got big lips. Let's make our logo just a giant pair of lips. Maybe <laughs> let's just go with it. Maybe she 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 should do something like that. All right, in 1970, this is the song that put him on the map. Yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Fire and rain, the song that uh, the song that put him on the map. Before that, people hadn't heard uh, too much about him. Uh, that came off the album Sweet Baby James. I have every single CD James Taylor ever made. Wow, I have I have all of them. They are amazing. Yeah. He's got a his voice is kind of a tenor voice, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I will tell you, it's also it's kind of nasally. It, it, it's interesting because he has a nasally voice, and I a lot of times don't like it. But with him, it seems to fit for what. It, maybe this because that's how we used to hear him. But it, it it seems to be okay when he sings it. Right. And I, I just it just fits his style, maybe. Uh, but I, I do I do, I do agree. It's a very nasally sound. Yeah, he you don't, you don't um, often see that. He he had his uh, he had his trials and tribulations with uh, with drugs. I think that was kind of a requirement. If you're a musician, I think yeah. In he, the seventies. In the seventies, musician his, sort of uh, trial. <laughs> his drug of choice was meth. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's yep. interesting. So he was early in on the meth train. Yep, and he did a song called, of all things, "Methadone Man." Boy, which I think would be a great rapper name. Yeah, you got Method Man. 
method and method and methadone man they can team up and like some some sort of uh, song about heroin let, let methadone man do the really fast mm. rap part <laughs> yeah right <laughs> he's got this method man just your your personal favorite james taylor song what do you think man um i like a lot of his 70s music let me let me see if i can you know i love fire rainers it kind of makes me sad so i tend not to listen to it often um your smiling face i like that it's kind smiling of face, upbeat, smiling face. happy, Excellent. good tempo. You know, I just, I, mean, I tend to think of it from, from the DJ point of view um, sometimes. You know, You've Got a Friend's a great song. It's a little, little slower, but. So I, uh, this, this, this may surprise you. And again, this is, this is coming from someone who's a, uh, a huge, uh, a huge fan. Sure. Of, uh, of his music. Um, he did a song with uh, J.D. Souther. Okay. Who was a uh, a very popular kind of studio musician who worked with the Eagles, who worked with Dan Fogelberg, who worked with James Taylor, who worked with a lot of the okay. singer songwriters of that era. Um, and strangely enough, uh, the song is called "Her Town Too." Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna, I like sk- it. I'm gonna skip ahead here. Definitely. Anything but nothing again. It does sound very Eagles like. Great song. I had forgotten. I would say that is a great song. My, per, my personal favorite. Yeah. Well, back uh, a long, long time ago, in the early 80s when I was uh, working on radio at Q95, uh, James Taylor was in the other room talking with Bob and Tom. I would love to lie to you and tell you that I've met him and I shook hands <laughs> with him. Buddies. And we exchanged phone numbers and, 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 and I don't know what was popular back then. MySpace. No, there was no such thing <laughs> as the internet. Just, just he, he, he told a story about how the song Carolina on my mind came to pass. Okay. Um, they, he, was, he was in North Carolina, went off the coast to an island on a ferry for the day shelling and picnicking and stuff then the ferry goes back it comes back and picks you up at night well he and this girl got a little amorous and found a spot and were having fun and kind of lost track of time and missed the ferry no cell phones no way of getting any attention back they had to spend the night on this island Uh, and he was basically longing for he has Carolina on his mind and if you listen to the to the beginning of the song in my mind I'm gone to Carolina so in my mind gone yeah. to Carolina can't you see the sunshine and he actually kind of tells the story in this song yeah if you listen to the lyrics to hit me from behind yes I'm gone to Carolina this is a good song for the nasal aspect <laughs> here we go Karen, she's a silver sun. You best come her way and watch it shining. Watch her watch the morning come. So he sat there, but they watched the morning come. Yep. They watched the sunrise, essentially waiting for the ferry to come back. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff about him. Um, he has done a a ton for charity, raising money, and so on and so forth. His newest album, um, I actually have a copy of here. I'm not going to try to listen to any of it, but uh, it's actually an album 
of covers of ballads and standards. Okay, interesting. Kind of along the lines of Steve Tyrell, All right. Michael Bublé, Harry Connick, um, uh, Rod Stewart, and so on. Sure, yeah. It seems like, you know, later on... Songs like Moon River. Okay. Teach Me Tonight. be interesting to hear his take, because he has such a distinctive style and sound. It'd be interesting to hear his take on some of those. God Bless the Child is on here. Penny, his version of Pennies from Heaven is very unique, very hmm. acoustically well done. Yeah. Uh, Old Man River, It's Only a Paper Moon, and um, that just really a lot of great songs on there. And I saw it and I thought, yeah, that would be a uh, a, g- a good one to pick up because I, I have all the Definitely. others, of course. Oh, absolutely. It's interesting. I, you know, sometimes maybe it's nice to, to just sit down and sing things that other people have already written and you can just maybe tweak it to, to, to tr- tweak the arrangement a little bit, a little less taxing at that point. You don't have to, you, know, you probably, it's got to be tough to generate that creative brilliance year after year after year and, and well you you've been doing you've been in the dj business quite a while now over a decade sure do you remember the first time you ever accidentally played a song that had a cuss word in it god i wish i do i definitely have done it i'm trying to think of the first time while you're thinking yeah i have my yeah my, my, i don't my, know my, if my, I my story is in my holster and i've got the, I'm ready. the, the hammer cocked and i'm ready, ready to, to hear it uh, he said cocked <laughs> oh boy so um i was at a uh, nice of columbus hall in Clearwater. Okay. So yep. it was a classy joint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah paper, uh, tablecloth covers. And the groom had said... Luck. <laughs> the groom, groom said to me, he goes, dude, I'm a real big James Taylor fan. I said, me too. He goes, I know there's not a lot of JT you can play during the during the dancing portion itself, but, you know, our first dance is uh, how sweet it is to be loved by you. And, and so I said, listen, I said, I got James Taylor's greatest hits. I'll play a lot of that during dinner. So I had the cassette, James Taylor's greatest hits. Popped that sucker in, hit play. I watched the groom. He's jamming. Everybody in the audience is loving the music. How do you not love the main hits, the ones we've been sure. playing? Shower the people, Sweet Baby James. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a friend. You forget how many hits he did have sometimes. Well, the last song on the cassette Uh-oh. is a version of Steamroller. You ever heard the song? I don't know. Elvis Presley did it. Okay. It's a bluesy riff okay. kind of song. And on the cassette, it's live. It's him and his band playing it live. And it says Steamroller live. Now, I had never played the cassette to that point without fast-forwarding through that song to start the other one again. Gotcha. So, in, and, and, and it starts off, Well, I'm a steamroller, baby, and I will roll on over you. And, 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 and the crowd, thinking, oh, nice. I'm looking at the crowd, yeah. the crowd's going, ooh, yeah, this is cool. I'm playing a blues song at a, at a wedding, and the crowd's into it. They're digging so it, man. So I'm back there, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And, and so at the end, I, can, I, I, can't, I it would take forever to find it on here. But at the end, he's doing call-outs to the band. Oh, no. So he's like, freeze dry. And the band's like, freeze dry. Chicken fried. Chicken fried. Chicken choking, motherfucking. And oh, all of a sudden, my eyes got as big as saucers, and I reached for, for the button. It was too late. The crowd was like oxygen masks fell from the ceiling. Now, if it would have been the word shit, would somebody have had that big of a deal? Right. It had to have been like the worst possible. They were, too, they were listening to every lyric. Oh, and I grabbed the microphone and said, well, ladies and gentlemen, I... Never gotten that far into that cassette to realize that song was on there. My sincerest apologies. So, oh and of course, at the end of the night, the groom comes up and you know, gives me a chest bump and says, "Dude, 
that was classic. He goes, I can't wait to tell people my DJ's so cool he played a song with Motherfucker in it and got away with it. I said, dude, it was a complete mistake. It was a complete mistake. Sorry. I think if you if you had to tell somebody, yeah, you know, I made a, I goofed and I played a filthy song uh, at the wedding the other day. If they had to take a guess at who it was that sang it, I don't think their first guess would be was it was it James Taylor again? Yeah. yeah. Was it, was it that filthy? Or was it Eminem? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was James Taylor. It was yeah. James Taylor. <laughs> I can't believe of all the people. James of Taylor. course, why, why, why would you ever think that he was? It's like finding an obscene lyric in a Madonna song. No, <laughs> yeah. So oh my God. Uh, yeah, back in the old radio days, this was the song that we introed the traffic report. Damn this traffic jam, how I hate to be late, it hurts my motor to go so slow. Damn this traffic jam, time I get home my supper be cold. Damn this traffic jam. That we played that as the intro to our traffic reporter guy every single day. That, that was his, that was his that theme was song. Great, great song. Nice. He's had he's had a lot of hits uh, over his uh, career. I'm about to check the uh, the Bible. Um, but there's a, a great song that a lot of people don't know too much about, and it's called uh, Gotta Stop Thinking About That. Great song. Okay. And it's, it's one I play a lot of times when I'm doing a party by a pool or something like that. And people walk up and they'll go, who's, who's, who's doing this? And I tell them, they're like, oh, man, I never would have guessed that. Okay. But you said your smiling face, handyman. Mm-hmm. A lot of great, lot of great songs. And uh, like I said, Her Town 2... That's just the one, the harmony in that was so good. Definitely, yeah. The the this harmony throughout, uh, just throughout the uh, the verse, even not you know not not even just the the chorus or the refrain, but to have that little it just sort of colors it throughout. And how sweet it is to be loved by you, written by Carol King. Carol King, yeah. Sung by Carol King, recorded by James Taylor, a big hit by James Taylor, and then redone also by uh, Marvin Gaye. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know that I've heard. I love Marvin Gaye. I did not. Yeah. Well, uh, Marvin Gaye was smart. He didn't mess with the arrangement. Okay. Left the arrangement, just sang the song, and did a fantastic job with it. Your Smiling Face was 77. Um, you remember the old Buddy Holly song, Up on a Roof? Yes. James Taylor did a remake of that. Okay. That actually charted. Interesting. It actually charted back in uh, 1979. I remember. It's a strange. I was, in, I was in high school. Okay. The last song, though, that he charted with was my favorite, Her Town 2. Her Town 2. And who knew that that would be the one that, uh, you know, and that charted all the way back in my uh, high school days. Okay. 81. Wow. Today, you realize this year, I, I go back to my 40th high school reunion. It's so weird to think that it's that long ago because it really, Didn't I find, like- I think anybody who's made it past 21, you, you in your early 20s, that's, you know, you kind of stay there in, in my mind. I still feel and, and think that same way in a lot of ways and been through more, but... That part doesn't change, so when you look back and be like, wait a minute, 40 years ago it was my high school, and that was graduation, so you're thinking, oh my God, so I was 18 at that, like, it just, you start getting those, it's very easy to start spiraling into this existential crisis because it's, it feels like yesterday, and, and the days just start to spin. Yeah, Buddy Holly did this song originally, okay. this is James when Taylor's version. Oh, yeah. And people are yes. just too much for me to face. Great song, great song. He he he's done his share of covers, but yeah, he uh, again I I like the ones that don't mess with him. 
know, right. sing, I, sing, sing the song the way it was supposed to be I, done. I agree. It, it don't, if you, like, there's something to be said for, you don't want it to be an exact copy-paste, but you really take as few liberties as possible and, and really try to honor the song because there's a reason they liked it. And if you start to get, you know, too many runs, you know, too many riffs off of it, I think that's annoying to people. Last time I saw him in concert was back in uh, 2015, I believe it was. And his, uh, what was amazing when his band was getting set up, they were coming out on stage, the crowd started applauding. And I look up, and it's Blue Lou Marini from the Blues Brothers. Oh, wow. The guy with the long blonde hair? Yeah, yeah. He's he's in James Taylor's band as the sax player. Interesting. And people started chanting, Blue yeah. Lou, Blue Lou. He's pointing out at the crowd. Mm-hmm. But James Taylor, if you guys ever get a chance to, to see him in concert, please do. Because he's very dry. But he's he absolutely hilarious. Uh, he does a song called "The Frozen Man," and he was on a plane a plane trip for six hours, and he was reading the only magazine that was in the plane, oh. National Geographic. And they were talking about how they found this ten thousand year old man frozen in ice. So he wrote a song on the plane. That's so funny. Called "The Frozen Man," okay. talking about what this guy's <laughs> life would have been like, and now he's more he's more popular now and world famous ten thousand years after yeah. his, his family had died. But he, he talks about how the the people that, that found him propped him propped him up on the outside of the tent area and put a, a straw hat on him okay. with a sign that said, Welcome to Tahiti. <laughs> and the crowd is just laughing hysterically. <laughs> so then he gets, there's a, an album called uh, uh, Copper Line okay. that, that he put out. And there was a song on Copper Line about um, showing respect. And he talks about how the scene when Richard Nixon was leaving the White House after he resigned. And he said, I wrote this beautiful first verse about the way that the, the, the White House staff lined the courtyard area, and he shook every single person's hand and, and hugged all the, 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 the people, and then the unbelievable you know, respect that they showed this outgoing president, though he was leaving under mm-hmm. a, a cloud of, of conspiracy, they, they showed him the respect that he deserved because they, they still thought him to be a good person. So he goes, that was that was the first verse of the song. Now he goes, the second verse of the song, he goes, well, it's pretty much shit, but you got to have a second <laughs> verse. And he goes, then I, got, then I got to the third verse, and I realized, okay, well, you got to have three verses. So really, I just want you to really listen to the first verse. Hilarious. And then the rest of it's pretty much drivel that I needed to fill up. And, I mean, his, his, sense, of, really his sense of humor yeah. was, was just so unbelievably on point. And he was, there was a lady in the front row who's like yelling and having a conversation with him. And and he goes, she she's screaming. He goes, oh, okay, it, it's your birthday. Okay, good. You you got these tickets to, the, to come see. Oh, it's your birthday. That's great. You wow, your birthday is today. He goes, wow, what a coincidence. Uh, and this was in November. He goes, yeah, okay. me too, June. <laughs> he just had a real dry, yeah. quick-witted sense of That's humor. Great. And he's the last guy you think would yell motherfucker at a wedding. Uh, right. But he's also the last guy you think would be that funny. You could see why now, knowing that he he has quips like that at his live performances, I could see how he might say something like that in a live performance when it's bluesy and it's kind of loose and he's and he's goofing around. Still, just you know, based on all of his hits, I don't think anyone would have expected that. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, also, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What, what year was that? Two thousand and. Something. My little fact sheet here of uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2000. 21 years ago already. My goodness. 
Wow. Songwriters Hall of Fame also he was elected to. I would, in imagine, I would imagine so, yeah. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, and I, I almost think of him as much of that as I do. You know, rock and roll, I know he wasn't really rock and roll to me, but I, I get that it's kind of a pretty broad. Just a lot of times it becomes. Yeah, heroin and, uh, and cocaine and meth. Meth was his drug. Wow, drug he, was, choice, he was pretty hardcore. Yeah, I, I, I've got I got an album cover I could show you and say which one of these was he on heroin? Okay, <laughs> that one, that one, <laughs> right there. God, sweet baby James is not as sweet as you would like to, you would like to believe. Yeah, it says here um, during recording sessions Taylor fell back into his drug habit by using heroin and uh, methadone. <sighs> Underwent um, cypatone treatment, I okay. believe that's how it's pronounced, and uh, returned back to the U.S. after that. But um, in December '68. That's when he released his first album and got his first Grammy. And uh, I mean, he must have gotten clean enough because he's he's still around at seventy three. Usually, if you get yeah, but drunks are not that bad because Keith Richards is still alive. That's I think that's the biggest example that anyone will ever look to. Keith Richards, Ozzy's still alive. I thought he, I think he's got alcohol through his veins. Well, I think at this it was uh, the movie This Is Forty, where the guy uh, uh, who's uh, turning forty, oh, played by. Uh, that Judd guy. Judd Apatow? Or no, Judd, Judd, Judd Apatow's who produced it. <laughs> Judd Hershey? <laughs> no. How many Judds why, are Why there? am I thinking of the... What can I think? Anyway. Judd... Uh, this, this is for... Judd you. Nelson? There was, a, there, there was a great line in there. And the guy owns a record label. And they're bringing back a guy who is essentially Steely Dan. It's, 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 that's who the parent okay. is. And he goes, he goes, you're going you're gonna to release this guy's album 25 years after he's popular. Look at him. He looks like everybody's grandpa. <laughs> and, and the other guy comment back and goes, yeah, but Keith Richards looks look, looks old now. He goes, no. When Keith Richards was 20, he looks 70. He looks the same now. That's <laughs> true. He's looked 70 for 25 or 30 years now. But yeah, he, uh, he, he handled his drug addiction by the early 80s. Uh, still has amazing uh, concerts and still putting on ton and tons of concerts. Um, MoveOn.org is Vote for Change. He's big into that. Um, he did the Star Spangled Banner at the uh, World Series in Boston because that's where he was yeah. born and raised. He's done stuff with the NBA, the NHL. Um, he did a, a, re, a cover of A Change Is Gonna Come that was in the West Wing. Okay. And I had never heard that. I listened to it the other night. It was really good. I don't think anybody's ever going to... It's not going to become the definitive version, Catch but the 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 power that Sam Cooke's version did. But right, um, I mean, I I am just the the I'm a fan of this guy. I think I love his uh, just melodic sound, and if I'm just chilling, I'll listen to his music. I'll listen to Steely Dan. Uh, I'll listen to Dan Fogelberg. Hopefully, this year we'll do a, a thing on Dan Fogelberg, one of my favorite artists too. But you need to pick a, a good artist coming up. But um, yeah, I hope everybody has learned a little bit about. Uh, JT, yeah, he as, is uh, as he's known, as, as famous as he is, he's he's got. There's still so much to talk about, and and, and so so many things you forget over the years. But uh, I'm glad to see he's still still performing, still touring, still active, still uh, involved. And, and, and 72, 72, 73, 73. No, happy birthday! Yeah, 73. I'm sure he's listening, so I would I would hate to forget to to wish him a happy birthday after all. Yeah, he's won so many different so many different awards. Emmy, Kennedy Kennedy Center Honors, Presidential Medal of Freedom, uh, the Hit Parade Hall of Fame, the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame. By yeah. God, you know, gotta you, show a little pride. You, you know, you've got to be like 
you could live in that state to make that kind of stuff. He's representing North Carolina. Eighty um, fourth, he was on the top hundred greatest artists of all time. Wow, ranked eighty fourth. That's pretty. I mean, when you consider how I'm many. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, that, that list is not a small one of of great artists. George and Ira Gershwin Award for the Lifetime Music Achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, Songwriters Hall of Fame, like you said, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Berklee College of Music gave him a doctorate. Wow, Honor, like an honorary doctorate, yeah, just absolutely, cause, just absolutely cause he was great. Because he he dropped out during his uh, junior year. Okay, I think so. See, kids, I guess he had a reason. <laughs> Sometimes dropping out pays. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope everybody's enjoyed the uh, music segment for uh, segment number two. Our featured music artist, Mr. James Taylor. Um, I actually used a couple of our monkeys uh, stuff that we learned last week in uh, trivia this week. It's it's fun to gather little little nuggets of things here and there and, and see what you can retain. And, and if you're ever playing James Taylor's greatest hits, be careful of the last track <laughs> on side two. <laughs> Don't All choke right. choke your <laughs> chicken and whatnot. Isn't that the truth? All right. All right, we're going to be back with uh, segment number three, which is our Mount Rushmore segment of Famous Horses. Yep. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Solio from The Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see www.ourcuppycakes.com where you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Looking for a unique and different kind of entertainment for your next fun event? Try a real live TV style game show at your home or your next event. All your favorites, The Feud, Jeopardy, Pyramid, Match Game, The Really Wood Game, and on and on. This is no board game or DVD version. This is the real deal. Full-blown TV setups, just like going to Hollywood, but saving you the trip to the West Coast. All ages love game shows and styles available to fit all budgets. Call 727-531-8880 or visit the website at GameShowParty.com and plan your next event being the one everybody will be talking about. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area. Social distancing guidelines respected. Now it's time for our Mount Rushmore segment, brought to you by Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa. All right, Paul, you know what I'm going to ask you. And who, you know is, who is performing at Sidesplitters Comedy Club this week? I'd love to tell you, but if you go to their website right now, and I'm, and I'm hoping it's because they're making it bigger and better, but their website is down. So I am unable to get up-to-date information. Paul, did you pay your internet bill this month? I, th- I swear, I swear did I did. Did you swipe the little credit card thing on the side <laughs> of your little handy-dandy thing? It's got like, it looks like two little square boobies up there right now. And, uh, I'm What's wrong with square boobies? Nothing. Are, oh, wait a minute. Are you square boobies shaming? No, 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 no. Because I'm, I'm, li- I'm liberal, and I'm going to cancel you if you <laughs> say square boobies. Cancel culture of the boobies. Maybe I'm, I'm, I don't know if maybe they're making some tweaks, because I did see that sign still by um, Moog Road over at in our neck of the woods and uh, 
in the uh, Port Ritchie area, and I, that's, I saw that sign, so I don't know if it's just down because the, the server's down or, or what, but uh, it will be up soon enough. So if you're interested in going to see live comedy, just go to their website and hope it's up. Side splitters comedy. Yeah, SidesplittersComedy.com. Or just Google Slide Splitters, and you can you can check through there. That'll be a. It's yeah, working. It's perfect. It's working for you. Yeah. Mar- March eleventh, twenty twenty one. The Marty Ray Project. That's weird. Um, this guy has got a massive, massive beard. Uh, doesn't even look like a COVID beard. Looks like he started it a long time ago. And uh, a, a a rather attractive uh, Asian woman named uh, Esther. Koo. Esther Koo. She was on uh, Last Comic Standing. Oh, you, you know who? You know, Esther uh, Koo. Yes, yeah. I believe so. So uh, that's so weird. It's you know what's great about two different browsers. And Asian women <laughs> like that. You have sex with an hour later. You have sex with them again. There you, you go. You're just never completely full. Now she's a she's an attractive looking woman, no doubt about that. And uh, I do know this next uh, Chris DiStefano. Yes, or Di Stefano, but I've, I've heard it pronounced uh, both both ways. He's going to be there March fifteenth. Esther is going to be there March fourteenth, and Marty Ray was there yesterday so we wasted our time talking about him because oh, he Marty. was there yesterday come back uh, next but week. ladies and gentlemen paul did not pay his internet bill this month. i guess not it's weird my google is uh seems to be working um but my hmm. regular i'm on a pc you're on a mac maybe it's working and yours is not that that, that hmm. worries me a little bit because this this thing is supposed to uh is supposed to work when someone, be... when someone was uh arguing with me about whether or not pcs or mac was the way to go their their logic to me was they said using a Mac is not uh, a big deal. It's it's just kind of like over in Europe, you just drive on the other side of the road. It's essentially the same thing. You just you know you're just driving on the other side of the road. Just relearning everything. I said you want to put me behind the wheel driving the wrong way on a. I will kill somebody. So don't give me a laptop because I'll find a way to kill somebody kill, with a laptop. Don't give me an Apple. I'll kill somebody. That's that's, that's the lesson there. Watch pretty out. darn pretty darn frightening. All right. Well, uh, it is time for our Mount Rushmore segment. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know what that is, uh, the famous icon, famous tourist attraction, sightseeing thing in uh, it's uh, South Dakota, isn't it? Yeah, South yeah, Dakota. I believe so. And it's uh, Mount Rushmore where the four greatest presidents, according to Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> their faces are carved there. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Abe, Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln and, and Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. One of these things doesn't belong here. Uh, yeah, but he was president when he had it carved. So, of course, if Trump had done it, he'd have his head ginormous. Four times. <laughs> four times. <laughs> people are saying they wanted to see me at four, four, four oh. different stages of my life. Different angles. So that's what people are saying. Beautiful. I just give the, give the American, put, put America first. So, um, <laughs> and so what we have done. Uh, for the entirety of, uh, I think this is the only consistent segment we've ever had. Is the the, the Mount Rushmore? We change, we change. We we got to do the uh, Dead Man Dinner Party, uh, and we also have to do our time travel bit uh, coming up this season That's too. Right. We got to find some time for that. But the Mount Rushmore segment is we take a subject, uh, uh, usually about people, and we say who are the top four who should be the Mount Rushmore of this particular subject. And this week's subject. <laughs> Our famous horses. Famous horses, fictional, real. We didn't. We didn't really put any rules here. Famous, famous horses. Horses. Exactly. Aww. Famous little horses. Horsey, horsey, horses. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I had a really bad experience once. It was terrible. Um, I wasn't really. I was. I was young. I wasn't a real good, ex- experienced uh, horse horsey rider. Okay. And um, I ended up falling off the horse. Uh-oh. 
and my foot got tangled in the stirrups. Ouch. And the horse kept going for what seemed like... Jesus. It seemed like an hour. Come to find out it was it was like less than a minute. Yeah, of course, but and I was fr- I was frightened. Then the manager from Walmart came out and unplugged it. <laughs> Man, I felt so much better. <laughs> Whew. Whew. You didn't see that tell one coming, did you, Paul? Tell you. All right, so uh, famous horsies. Paul, you get to go first. Obviously, this week you have done some, <clears throat> some research. All my research. And these can uh, be, like you said, real, fictitious, cartoon, doesn't matter. Sure. The first one uh, that... that the first fictitious one that comes into my head is is one with big lips and and big teeth, and his name is Mister Ed. I think Ooh. I think you've seen him before. As a matter of fact, I think we have a quote from Mister Ed. Wait, might is he a, on here? One of those talking horses? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Keep talking, Mister Ed. Are you are you here with us? We just wanted to know if you'd talk to us for a little bit because. Hello, I'm Mister Ed. Thank you. <laughs> he listened. What, that was 54? Early, early stages of TV. 54 to 57? Okay. Am, I th- am I thinking that right, or is it, was it later than that? I'm, I'm not sure. I can, I can verify. If here. only you had a way of checking. If only there was, like, a, I don't know, internet or something. Hey, Alexa, when was Mr. Ed on TV? 1961. 1961? So, 61 to 66. Really? Yeah. Wow. It doesn't look like... It looks little... Older. More simpler. Yeah, it looks like maybe it's because it's just a horse in a barn. Yeah. So, Mr. Ed, one of the most famous horses of all Talking time. Horse. You know how they got him to uh, move his lips? Did you Did you hear about that? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> there, there, there are two two schools of thought. <laughs> oh, no. Two schools of thought. Um, they wouldn't be able to do it now because everybody would cancel them. The first thing was they would put peanut butter up on the upper part of the gums on okay. the top and bottom and the horse would go like this yeah. and move its mouth to try to get that peanut butter off and move its tongue and so on and gotcha. so forth. And the other school of thought was the horsey was uh, someone was back behind the horsey um, oh. squirting water in the horsey's rectum area oh. which would cause a horse to make faces and cause its eyebrows to go up and various, various things like that. That would be a shame. Let's hope Mr. Red for the sake of Mr. Red I hope that it's it was the just former and not the latter. Yeah. It's it's really disgusting what people do with peanut butter. I just he, want to eat it. George but Washington <laughs> Carver did not have this in mind. No, he would be disgusted right now if we knew what, what people where they were putting their peanut butter. A million and one uses for a peanut. <laughs> we can make a horse make its lips talk by putting it in there. We can also give it an enema at the same time. So uh, yeah, I would I would have to say Mr. Ed was absolutely positively um, on my on my he, list. He gets of, a spot yeah. of of famous horses. Who else you got? All right, the next famous horse on my list would be the one of the greatest horses of horse racing of all time. We, of course, are talking about Secretariat. 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 That, that was my my real horse as well. I, you know. The only animal to ever win Sportsman of the Year was Sports Illustrated. Which is in, insane if you think about how many great athletes and all the major sports and how obsessed we are as a country and a culture with athletes. He still won. That shows you... What I think is, doesn't he still have the fastest time? I think he still has the fastest derby time, if I'm not mistaken. I think he won the derby by, what was it, 10 lengths, which is, like, unheard of in, in horse racing? Yep, Triple Crown in 1973 and earned $1.3 million, which, again, 1973. That's, 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 that's probably $40 million, yeah, so uh, uh, today. 
So he so, was an impressive one, that secretariat. Yeah, secretariat uh, ridden, ridden by, if I'm not mistaken, Willie Shoemaker, one of the f- most famous jockeys of all time. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> the big of jockey gets famous because the horse is so famous. Yeah, secretariat, um, if you, again, it's, it's that kind of famous name. If you say Mr. Ed, somebody could think, are you talking about Ed Alzante on uh, the, the Tim Allen show? Uh, that he's that he's got out now. Um, so, Mr. Ed, the, people could say Mr. Ed. You could, but you could get it confused with something else. It's you say Secretariat. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're there's talking. There's no about. mistake about it. It's Secretariat. And as many great horses as there've been, you know, there's Sea Biscuit, War Admiral, um, Man of War, Man of War, uh, uh, Barbaro. That was sad. Uh, American Pharaoh. There's been some incredible horses, but uh, a Justify was another one. Triple Crown in, in 2018. I forgot about that. But for some reason, Secretariat was the the OG. I think, and that's why that's why I think he gets that spot. The original gelding. The original gelding. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, I got I got to say, yeah, Secretariat for sure, uh, famous horsey. Um, the next one that I have on my list is uh, is is going back a ways, but again, Trigger from the Lone Ranger. Yes, Trigger. Um, that was uh, I wasn't sure I, I had two in mind that it could be in that realm and that that was one of them uh, would trigger indeed Roy Rogers too did he appear by by I think I got to, I think I just got that confused very similar to uh, Jessica Beale and Jennifer Beale oh I think I might have got those confused because trigger was Roy Rogers horse are we thinking of silver silver that was the, the other Ranger. silver and trigger are the two like I kind of I do the same thing. I sort of switch them because I, I I feel like they're in a similar time frame in my well, mind. Well, we were doing Shag Mary Kill. You gave me the uh, Jessica Alba. That's right. Jessica Simpson and Jessica Beale. And I heard Jennifer Beale because Jennifer Beale was from Flashdance. Right. And I did a whole big long diatribe. You didn't stop me. I appreciate that. I that didn't like, even notice. I'm like, oh wow. And, and then what did I miss? and Was then there a you, remake? Then, <laughs> then you suddenly brought up something about. Chuck and Larry, and then I realized it was Jessica Beale. I, I did correct that the next week because I'm a, I try to be a, a good entertainer as best as I can. But yeah, so Silver was a Roy Rogers horse. Hi ho, Silver. Hi ho, Silver, and away um, was no, it was Lone Ranger's horse, and Trigger was Roy Rogers' horse because Trigger, you can still see Trigger at the Roy Rogers Museum. R- really, he is stuffed. <laughs> he is. Oh, absolutely! Yep, wow. Trigger, Trigger was stuffed when they finally had to. Uh, oh to put my him God, down. that is uh, oddly. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Kind of laying in state like Stalin, <laughs> or, <laughs> like little, Disney. A little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna do another Disney theme park. It's gonna be called Six Flags Over Waltz for <laughs> Frozen <laughs> Dead Ass. <laughs> That's really cr- you know, kids. Let's go see the the uh, the stuffed body of a famous, famous TV horse. Famous horse. It's gonna be great. <sighs> All right, wow. it's time for the number four, and this is always where we start getting into the yeah. amb- ambiguity, trying to figure out. Because you could say was it Trigger and 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 Silver? They could almost like are they interchangeable? Do we want to? If you said Hio Silver and Away, yes, people right. would know you're talking about the Lone Ranger and Silver. But if you said you know. He's riding in on silver. I don't know how many people. Again, so many millennials right now don't think anything happened before they were born. Well, that's true. Nothing happened. It I just hate to was, break it to them. It was more happened before they were born <laughs> than since, and it led to them being a born. lot more. Um, I, I have a I have a cartoon horse. Yeah, go for it. Because <laughs> this, this is going back. Sure. Come on. 
El Kabong. Quick draw. Quick draw. Oh wow. Quick draw McGraw. Quick draw McGraw, man. Honestly. <laughs> I think he's going, Quickstraw. I think so too, Baba Boy. <laughs> oh, Baba Boy. Good old Baba Louie. I'll do the fitting around here, Baba Lewis. <laughs> and and if somebody asked me right now how many Quick Draw McGraw cartoons were there, I would have guessed 40. And there's like nine. Like total? Total. That's it? How long How long was each? Was it like uh, a, a cartoon spe- like hour length or just no, like a 30-minute no. length? No, no. Not even? A, a cartoon. Like a short? Back there was like six minutes, five, okay. six minutes. Wow. I think at that age, though, it feels and seems Looney like... Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies, they were like yeah. six, seven minutes, eight minutes long. That's right. It was like a little concise story. I, mean, I don't I don't think I could make a legitimate argument for Quick Draw McGraw being the fourth famous horse of all. I don't know if I could make a legit argument for it, because I'm looking over different categories of famous horses in terms like race horses and famous TV horses and, and other things, and no, nothing is really screaming at me. I do have an honorable mention, at least, for uh, when... Um, for, for something that scarred me when I was younger... Uh, <laughs> Watching the never-ending story, uh, Artax, the horse in uh, the never-ending story, when he gets stuck in quicksand and just stays there and he sinks into it, that was traumatic as a kid. Here's this kid movie, and there's this this horse of the of the hero that's just kind of uh, you know do 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 early on in the movie, and you're thinking, wow, this is a cute horse. It's going to be like his his companion throughout, and he gets stuck in quicksand and he just sits there and like he doesn't move. It was like it was so traumatic as a kid. You're, you're thinking. Never-ending story. There's going to be like fantasy, and there was, but there was also the death of a horse. I will never, never get over. So, Artax. Next, I, I, <laughs> next thing you know, you you look at the bottom of the quicksand thing, and there's like a there's like a dog food can down there, yep. and stuff like that. And that's and that's where he ended up in the end. Well, raising raising uh, two daughters, I think I have the the fourth one. Okay. Maybe we're missing this. My again. Little Pony. Oh, we could just give a My Little Pony sort of. I don't know if there's a particular like lead pony. Uh, I'm not that star bright, starlight. Star bright. That was it. Star bright. Yeah. That's right. Because my friend's younger sister, of course, had to have My Little Pony. That was that was definitely big uh, when I was younger, and it's probably still. You know, they always keep these around, and then they reboot them. I think Transformers are still around. I think it's just. Uh, my Little Pony. Now they just transform a $100 bill into a plastic toy. Yeah, it's magical. Just hand it to me or run your debit card. My second wife was a magician. She could turn a $100 bill into a pair of shoes. <laughs> just, just like, like that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, My Little Pony, I mean, that's, it was massive. It was huge. It, it, it still yeah. is. Every generation of little girls. Yeah. I've seen entire rooms painted in the color schemes. And I think that that's when you said Starbright, that rung a bell. So that... That could be the representative, maybe, of, of the My Little Pony. If, How long have you been quietly gay, Paul? Well, you know, as soon as I found out Starbright was my spirit animal, I, I knew there was a problem. <laughs> it's kind of like his South Park. <laughs> Tom Cruise, he's, he's, he's hiding in my closet. You can't come out. Tom Cruise, please come out of the closet. So, uh, <laughs> oh, South Park. What about, speaking of toys, the, a famous horse, a hobby horse? Um, yeah. Basically, it's a broomstick with a horse head. Right? That's kind of... I guess hours and hours, hours of, fun. of fun. Like you control the pace. You can make it giddy up. You know, if you don't want it to buck you off, you don't have to have it buck you off. Yeah, you, you know, can just ride me steady. Buck me off. Buck, I, I did say with a, with a B. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to clarify that I was drifting far away from the microphone. Yeah, when uh, when my oldest son was little, he was running around on one, and I'd be over there going. Oh yeah, 
and that makes it. And he just thought that was the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Oh yeah, that's long like, before the internet and Nintendo, for God's sake. It's, it's like when if you're Superman, you can really help him fly for a bit, and it feels real. If not, just give a, him a shot of Jack, he'd be out like a light. Perfect. Have to read him a story or anything. Back when you could give your kids a, a shot of alcohol, and what, they just what could go wrong? Just want to get them to go to sleep for crying out loud. Yep, we used to be able to use uh, uh, chloroform, but Casey Anthony screwed that up. <sighs> you can't babysit kids with chloroform anymore. It, it takes one nut yeah, job to oh, screw it up for the whole thing. Yep, one uh, one trunk mishap. Yeah, that proves that uh, that's she's like the young white girl version of O.J. Simpson. You know she did it. Oh yeah, but legally but somehow they couldn't they, prove yep, it. They, 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 the justice system is terrible as it works finding some people guilty when they shouldn't be it finds other people not guilty when they uh, clearly should it's a little depressing to think that that is the case but you're right it doesn't always work any other famous horses that you can think of because i was thinking of you know silver yeah. and trigger right I, I, I guess i guess i would have to put silver maybe even ahead of my little pony maybe I think so. I think I think Silver belongs there uh, third, maybe, after Mr. Ed and Secretariat. Secretariat. And the Mr. fourth Ed. could almost be, you know, take your pick. Because there's no... I don't know if there's a definitive one. Get I look. mean, the Flintstones, they had Dino. But was Dino a horse or was Dino more a dog? I think dog? it was like a brontosaurus. Except he was a pet. So he would have been... They treated him like a dog, but I think he was... They rode dinosaurs. Right. So they were kind of like their horses. So we could... Have the honorable horse of... Leave it to the lighter side of dark to find some way to overanalyze whether Dino was a I just dog. wanted to shoehorn a dinosaur or, into, or, a, into or, a horse. Or, or horse-like. Because <laughs> you had the hot and cold water elephant, which I thought was great. That's right. Very uh, creative. I, I'll give him credit. They were pretty creative about how to how to make it a futuristic old, old prehistoric time. Oh, my God. Like sci-fi prehistoric. Oh, I have to do uh, something for a, uh, a sponsor of the show. The, uh, the Burgess Travel Network. Mark, uh, the owner of the Burgess Travel Network, has been on our podcast before as a guest and would always be welcome back. He called me this week and has a special offer for just our listeners. Listen to this. Anyone who calls the Burgess Travel Network, if you are the first person to call the Burgess Travel Network, book any vacation with a retail value of more than $1,000, he will throw in for free a three-day, two-night vacation to Vegas in addition to what you book. Wow. Just to tack, tack on an extra... Yeah. Three, so, three. so let's say you were thinking about going to Vegas. Okay. Book your Vegas vacation with the Burgess Travel Network. Okay. Call, be the first caller. I mean, this, you know, I don't know when people are going to be listening to this. They might be listening to it tonight, the night of the 12th, and they call up. The first person to call and book and actually secure their mm-hmm. vacation. He's going to give you an additional Vegas vacation for three days and two nights in Vegas, staying right on the strip, plus a $500 Vegas coupon book. Saves you all kinds of money. It's great. 407-322-8884. That's the Burgess Travel Network, B-U-R-G-E-S-S, Travel Network, just like the way it's supposed to be spelled, Millennials. Or call him at 407-322-8884. Say you heard about it on the LSD podcast, and you're going to get that free Vegas vacation. He said he might even do it for the first two, but definitely for the first one. Okay. But you got to call that number. you got to go on the website. you got to book it. Talk to him. Say you heard about it on the LSD podcast, and they're going to throw in a free. I'm talking absolutely free here. Yeah. This is not a timeshare. You don't have to sit through a bunch of bullshit at some timeshare. Uh, the last time I went using a similar vacation, we stayed at the Tropicana. 
right on the corner right between the, the MGM, ship, New yeah. York, New York, and and the right in the heat of the action. Oh time. man, you're yeah. We're not talking about staying at the uh, at the Vegas Days Inn. Right. You know, uh, out in McLaughlin or something. So, uh, yeah, the British Travel Network, a big thanks to Mark for uh, throwing that out for our listeners, all six of you. <laughs> um, and a big shout-out to our friends in Ireland who are listening, whoever you are. We'd love to have you send us a, a, a little word on our website, and the website is... Lightersideofdark.com Just as it's spelled... Altogether, nothing uh, crazy. If you're on Facebook, you could look, you could search us uh, uh, LSD podcasts, and we'll come up that way. So we, whichever way, you know. send us an email at listener at lightersideofdark.com. Go to our Facebook page, put a comment uh, on there. If we missed a famous horse, let us know. Which we may very well have. Oh, <laughs> not right. Well, there weren't as many as I thought. I, th- I mean, I'm lo- I we had a lot more famous dictators last week. Yeah, I know. It was harder to come down with only four dictators. I guess there's more evil assholes in the world than there are famous horses. It's you sad. know what? Two very famous horses have just popped into my head. Who do we forget? Well, I don't know the horse's name, but all I know is Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Knocked oh, his ass that's, out. Yeah, that's right. And in the movie National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, okay. Niedermeyer's horse. The white horse. That when they fired the gun, yeah, yeah. it had a heart attack. Yep. Then they had to go in there with a chainsaw and chop it up. <laughs> was it over when the Germans were bombing Pearl Harbor? I think so. Germans? I, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah we'll let him go. He's no. rolling. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, uh, have you enjoyed this week's episode? Uh, I have. You know what? It's been a pleasure working with you. Wait, I stole your line. Yeah. Well, Paul. It makes it sound It's been a pleasure working with you. <laughs> there me. you go. Yes, it really has been a pleasure. You seem to be. Uh, you, you had a little, uh, little, had a little vacation before this episode, and it, it, it did you good. I noticed you got a haircut. A haircut, a little, little color, a little vitamin D. That's a, little, a little less Yahoo serious, a little bit like Yahoo calm. As yeah, opposed to Yahoo sort serious. of, sort of in between. But uh, yeah, I recommend everyone just go and get some sun if you can, just for, just for a day or so. Sometimes I forget how how cooped up I can get. You know, we are cooped up after all for the past year. Well, it's uh, pretty much a, almost an anniversary of the when the pandemic really hit hard. Because I remember last year, we had a bunch of St. Patrick's events. Nothing gone this after was, that. I think about a year ago was the last gig I had. It was so a we'll g- be, karaoke uh, gig. The next, the next time we will be uh, on the air will be St. Patrick's Day next Wednesday, oh, the seventeenth. Right. So we're gonna do um, we'll do our a featured musical artist. We will find an Irish. Someone of someone of Irish someone descent. Of Irish. Our good friends in Ireland. Oh, okay. They listen to the show, Paul. Oh, we got to give them the uh, between a pint. Shout out! I'm sure they'll love this. Wetting their whistles for God's sake. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll probably do the Mount Rushmore of uh, famous Irish people. Something, uh, yeah, something. Whatever we have on the list, we will forego it. We will. We will skip it, kind of like we always wanted to do with Michael Bolton, because we do celebrate his in. Entire catalog. catalog. Man's entire catalog. I celebrate. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, Season 3, Episode number 5. I'm Smith. That is Solio. Thank you all for listening to The Lighter Side of Dark. If we can uh, do any more for you, I hope you'll reach out to us at the various ways that you can do so. And we'll be back next week for the Irish special. See you soon. You think we could do the whole show with a with a weird Irish accent? You think you could do a whole show like I that? I could do it. I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if anyone... We have big signs in front of us. You know, do stupid Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. Hey, idiots! Us. Don't stop. Because I, uh, my Irish accent always, yeah, it, it ends up morphing into something that sounds like Jamaica. There, it always you know, morphs into that. Yep, there's there's a little bit of similarity in there. It's 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 
Oh yeah, pale skin guys with red hair, dark and black guys with rasta. Yeah, I'm Indis- sure I see a lot of indistinguishable, indistinguishable. Yeah. There we go. So we'll be Jamaican Irishman. <laughs> Jamaican be crazy. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, have a great week. Wear your masks and social distance. We'll all get through this. See you later. Bye, Paul. Hey everyone, it's Solio from the lighter side of dark. Let's be honest, 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far, and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts, there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person and they are so much better you feel the energy you really feel like you're part of something special sidesplitterscomedy.com you can get your tickets online you can pick out your seats online so you can sit wherever you want if you want to be in the back because you're afraid that's fine you can do that go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today lighter side of the dark podcast is a brainchild of djs rob smith and paul solio a weekly podcast recorded in the famed dj school studios in spring hill florida original music provided by seth book and a local tampa band called utska announcer dave anthony nothing in the podcast is meant to be taken seriously for entertainment purposes only written and produced by both rob smith and Paul Solio, divisions of RSP Events and Entertainment and Solio Entertainment. Edited by Rob Smith. Written by Paul Solio. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here from the Lighter Side of Dark. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen to one of our podcasts. Don't be afraid to go back in the archives and start at the beginning. Season one, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, but first of all, thanks for being a listener. We do appreciate it.